The Beers and Ears podcast is sponsored by Riss and Cal. This holiday season in your search for stocking stuffers, you don't have to be like the Mad Titan, scouring the universe to collect all six stones. Instead, find all the tech accessories you need for your friends and family in one place. Whether it's wireless neck fans for those warm days at the studios, or a waterproof case for when you're searching for that wandering rabbit, they've got an entire assortment. When you go to fourfrills.com shop, that's the number four, P-H-R-I-L-L-S dot com slash shop. Select your items and then use coupon code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S at checkout. You'll get 15% off your purchase. Don't forget that proceeds of the purchase go to help nonprofits and a portion of the proceeds help to support the Beers and Ears podcast as well. So head on over to fourfrills.com and use that promo code today to get a jump start on your holiday shopping. Let's start the show. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. There was an idea to bring together 23 episodes of a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe so that when we needed it, we were ready for the premiere of Black Widow. This is That Podcast. And now for your hosts of the Beers and Ears Podcast, here's Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to day number 20 of the Infinity Saga series. My name is Matt. And my name is Casey. We have made it to number 20. We have made it to part one of really what is the epic conclusion of everything we've been through, Matt. Yeah, I mean, this is what we have been building towards really since we discovered that the infinity stones were in existence in the mcu uh you know kind of in avengers it was hinted at but not really nothing was done with them but it was it wasn't until the guardians of the galaxy where they were like nope there are infinity stones that we would kind of move towards this epic conclusion i um as i was watching this last night I forgot how, I mean, this is very fresh. I mean, this was 20, August, uh, April, 2018. So this was, it was only two years ago, right? Yeah. But I, I think Endgame became so much more epic that you almost, it almost eclipses and shadows how good this movie is. And, and I say that thinking back over the course of the last uh, two and a half weeks, almost three weeks now that we've been together doing this episode and the number of times that I've referenced in game, but I haven't referenced infinity war yet. So much happens in this movie. And, you know, I know we're going to get to moments, but the, the moment when, when the snap finally happens in this movie and in, in the way the Russo brothers snap and, it's silence other than that wind. Sam! No, no, no. Groot. No. Lift it around. 
This is no place to die. Yeah, it, it's real, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's the crazy thing, because there's there's a huge kind of trend in the uh, classical music uh, section of YouTube where you play a movie clip without the score and then play a movie clip with the musical score and see, look, look how this enhances what's going on. And, and you do see that. You're like, oh, yeah, this seems kind of boring without the music behind it. But this is the exact opposite, where it is dead silence. And I remember watching this part. The first couple characters to get whisked away were like, whoa, this is, this is bad. But it wasn't until it was Black Panther that caused my jaw to drop <laughs> that he, he dusts away and, and my jaw dropped. And, well, and it, it's it's the it's the moment too when when Steve Rogers he kind of he doesn't fall but he kind of like he falls he falls down he's sitting he's sitting down his and he's like what is this and then again still silence you see everybody kind of in the background kind of starting to come towards him and then all of a sudden he goes oh god. And then the music picks up, the cue picks up, and that's when they transition to Thanos on in, in his garden and stuff. But that whole 90 seconds or so or two minutes of nothing but the wind and the wisp, and like you said, Black Panther fading away, even Rocket when Groot fades away, and, and you start to see these characters fade away. And we're not even talking about Spider-Man yet. We'll get to him in a minute. It The gravity. And, you know, Matt, I... I remember when you saw it, because I think you saw it before I saw it. I think you saw it a day before I saw it or two days before I saw it. And I remember you came in and I remember asking you, how was it? And you you couldn't describe it to me. Like it was, you, you tried, but you obviously wanted to avoid every spoiler possible. But I remember you saying to me, the ending is like no ending you've ever seen before. Yeah, and that's true. And And let me say this. This movie is unique in that no one who ever sees this movie now will have to go through what we went through. Where and and, because and I don't mean that, and I don't I don't mean to be like over dramatic because it's a movie. But we saw this movie April two thousand eighteen, and we had to that moment happens. The movie ends Ends. and completely ends. I mean, you guys have watched it. That's it. It's a blackout. And it's done. the only thing you get is that end credit, which by the way, and this is one of those times where that end credit is appropriate to watch because it works with, with Fury and with, with um, uh, Hill. And, and of course, obviously he pages Captain Marvel, which by the way, and then I'll let you get back to your point, has a whole different feel after watching Captain Marvel all the way back at number two. Oh yeah, absolutely. Totally different feel after of already knowing who Captain Marvel is and knowing that this is happening X number of years later, but continue. And we have to wait. We have to wait now for this conclusion. When I show these movies to my, to my kids after this movie ends, they can just pick up the next one and pop it in and boom and see the epic conclusion. I think that's why, I think that's why this one gets overshadowed so much is because 
now you do do it that way. I don't know about you, but the couple of times that I've watched it since they've come out, I've just watched them in order. Infinity War Endgame as one big movie. Yeah. Whereas and, you, this uh, one marinated. It marinated for a year or two. And, and so we had to sit with, there's characters that we don't know what happened to them. And, and again, we like to think that, oh, yeah, everyone's going to be back. But we didn't we knew really that wasn't know the case. That. Yeah. No, we didn't because you would hear all the stories about contracts expiring and, 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 and the Russo brothers were teasing the whole time, be prepared for some of your favorite characters to get killed off. Be prepared for some of your favorite characters to go away. But you didn't know who they were. And the problem is, is you know, a lot of people would think, oh, well, there were two movies in between this. Yeah, there were two movies in between this. You had Ant-Man and the Wasp, which, again, brought some comedy relief in the middle of all that angst of what was going on. But I would argue, and we're going to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp you know, tomorrow, but I would argue that that was not the tone that Marvel fans were in after watching uh, Infinity War. They, they no. were not in that. They were not in that mood. And you know, I haven't even pulled up what Ant-Man and the Wasp did, but it, it, it helped... It helped satiate you a little bit, but you still walked away going, damn it, that is not enough. What the hell is happening? You know, and uh, I'm with you, man. You're right. This is one of those unique movies where now you don't have to worry about that. But then this and again, I'm looking at the totals here. Two point oh four eight. So just about two point two billion dollars is what this movie did. This was this was what the zeitgeist was talking about during that time. Everybody was talking about this movie when it came out and what happened next. Do you remember the number of predictions and quote unquote spoilers and leaks and all that stuff that came out during that year time period, Matt? Oh, everybody had the theory. I mean, that was the number one thing that people talked about at the Disney yep. store was what's your yep. theory? How, yep. how do they bring you back? What's going to happen? And, and when the end game trailer came out, that was even another round of all that happened where it was, okay, what do you see in this? It says this in this corner and this is going on and this is happening. And, and it was, it was, it was absolutely bonkers. And so yeah, everyone was trying to figure out where do they go? And some of it was a little bit, so, for example, like um, Spider-Man uh, got dusted away, which we're going to talk about that scene in just a minute. But they had already announced Spider-Man Far From Home. And so it was like, well, clearly somebody comes back because there's a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> um, and so you kind of figured something was going to happen, but it, 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 we didn't really know what. Yeah. And, and again, the Russo brothers are famous for shooting fake footage too and using that in their trailers and yeah. that happened with some of the end game trailers as well that they shot that one scene where they're again this is not infinity wars this is in game but in between the scene where they're walking in their quantum suits i believe hulk is not in the original scene if i'm not mistaken but he shows yeah. up he's in the original scene but he doesn't show up in the trailer so you don't know he's part of that right but you know, back to this movie in terms of what you get out of this movie, I think there were some really interesting choices uh, that they made. For example, having Mark Ruffalo play Bruce Banner the whole time, other than that initial scene in the beginning when he's just the Hulk and you don't see the Hulk the rest of the movie. That was an interesting take to not have the Hulk come out in this movie at all. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it shows Mark Ruffalo played the Bruce Banner role really well because I didn't feel like he was a nuisance in the movie that it was just like, yeah, gosh, like, why is he here? Um, like he, he plays his role really, really well. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, th- this was a monumental task too. And again, both movies to have many, this many A-list stars and to have each of them have meaningful moments that make sense for not only their character, but for the storyline itself. Like that is an all-star cast of characters, let alone the actors themselves, that the Rooster Brothers have to try to figure out a way to have meaningful moments in, 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 in their specific personality types, right? Right, and they do such a great job threading that needle. Yeah, you know? well, this is this is the the beauty of what the MCU has done is for most of those characters we've had at least two movies, uh, most of them, and so the character development and all the other stuff that's there so you can just throw them into a movie and their interactions feel meaningful because we already know them. the character that the beauty of this movie i think is the character that they develop the most is thanos Mm -hmm. that thanos is not just i'm a big baddie i want power i'm taking over the world no he has real reason and believes he is in the right for doing this. That my planet was destroyed by overpopulation, and so I am trying to cleanse the universe and make it so we have enough resources to continue on. You know, you're a you're a classically trained musician. You went to school for it. You said it a couple of times on this podcast. You know what an opus is, right? Yes. This is, I think you could actually change the title of this to Avengers Thanos' Opus because it really is kind of his story of collecting these things to accomplish something that he's been trying to accomplish his entire life by going from planet to planet and, and destroying half a civilization one at a time. He's like, look, I'm done with this. I'm going to do it once and get it right. And I'm going to be, I'm going to retire. And, and I said this all the way back when we did the the top 10 MCU characters that Thanos is one of those characters where they do such a good job at developing him that you can, to some degree empathize with the why behind what he's doing, even if you don't agree with the what he's doing. That's the mark of a good villain mm-hmm. that you understand where they're coming from and why they want to do something. Don't get me wrong. There's some yeah. fun of the generic evil. Like I want to take over the world, but a really complex villain is one that you go, Huh, I don't know if I totally disagree with his I agree, I disagree with the methodology, but I don't necessarily disagree with the idea that is pushing him into action. Yeah, and see he's he's not the type of villain who's trying to take over the world. He has he has no he has no quest for wanting to be all powerful that I mean, and and you'll see this in Endgame. I mean, he tries to destroy the infinity stones because his work is done at that point. His, his main Mm -hmm. quest was I need to balance the universe. The universe is overpopulated. The resources are scarce. So I'm going to snap half the universe out of existence. And again, I don't agree with it. I understand where he was coming from. There are other ways to go about it. That was not it, but 
that is the arc of a good character and the arc of a good storyteller. And and Josh Brolin just just nails it out of the park. To, and also, I will say, to be able to emote and act through what is virtually all CGI, by the way, in that is astounding. The way his face looks when he has to, you know, sacrifice Gamora, um, the way his eyes kind of well up with the tears, like that's pretty astounding. Yeah, the motion capture acting, you know, Andy Serkis, who plays Claw in uh, Black Panther and uh, Avengers 2, Age of Ultron, I mean, he's most famous for Gollum, and in uh, the reboot of the prequels of Planet of the Apes, he plays Caesar, the main ape. I didn't know that. Yeah, and and you watch those movies, and you watch the work that he does, and you go – okay, it's not this guy's face that you're seeing on screen, but he is absolutely acting the crap out of this, and it's wonderful. And and that's starting to spill over into some other actors that are finding that, yeah, they, they can act with this motion capture technology, and it really, I mean, it's not Josh Brolin, but it is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and again, we talk about emotions, we talk about, the different things that you see the actors do on screen. I will also say that this is one of those movies that takes you through every possible conceivable emotion yourself as a viewer, right? The first of all, just the way it starts out, you know, it's going to be a radically different movie than the other Avengers movies that usually start off in a happy go lucky kind of feel. This starts out just even with the way the Marvel uh, logo starts, you've got that kind of that, that distress signal that's being played in the background. You know, we're under attack. We're a, we're a civilian vessel. There's very few military on this. And then suddenly, boom, you see, um, uh, uh, I call it Squidworth, but whatever his real name is in the movie, you know what I'm talking about, walking among all the dead bodies, <laughs> right? Um, and you are the children of Thanos. Your meaningless lies will have meaning because you have died today. So, and you see Thor there, and it's like that is literally where you left off at Thor Ragnarok. You're, yeah. you're, you're literally right there, and and you know it, and that that's all happening before before the the Avengers Infinity War logo even pops up, right? So you know you have that moment where you you feel these moments of dread. Um, then you you do have moments of happiness. You have moments of where, for example, when um, uh, Black Widow sees Banner again for the first time since. Um, Civil War or uh, Ultron since Ultron yeah. and hey Bruce and it's just it, and I had made mention of this when we first reviewed it like it, it has much more meaning to it right and then there's the moments of anger I know what my moment of anger was where I still cannot forgive this character for what he did I'm curious to know if you have the same moment of anger were there any moments in this movie that just really pissed you off Oh, I mean, I think it's it's the Peter Quill moment. That's what it is. Yes, thank you. Like, dude, can you not control your emotions for just five freaking minutes so that the whole world does not explode? Like, I'm still angry at Star Lord for that moment. They, <laughs> like, they it. like, it's like you have it, and then he causes yes. it to not. Though, I mean, I, I've heard many theories of was that the plan? All this other stuff, like, but but still, like that doesn't. I remember again in in the moment and watching the movie in the moment first time. I remember being like, "What the heck, man!" Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then I think you know, we've referenced it now. The 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 
the the Spider-Man scene where Spider-Man gets dusted away. And I mean, it's, it's been out there that Tom Holland improvised it, if I'm not mistaken, Correct. where it's the, uh, no, Mr. Stark, I don't want to go. Don't, don't, don't. And, and, and Tony's like holding him and, and that it, holy cow. Like that, the emotion in that is crazy. I don't feel so good. You're all right. I don't. I don't know what's happening. I don't. I don't want to go. I don't want to go, sir. Please, please. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I, the, the acting on that was absolutely insane. But I, I think for me, I had a double whammy because, you know, as you all know, I had not seen Spider-Man um, Homecoming when I first saw this movie. I had only seen Spider-Man in Civil War. I never saw Spider-Man Homecoming. So I didn't, the first time I saw that, I didn't understand how powerful a relationship Stark and, and uh, Peter Parker had. So now having rewatched it, and then seeing this for the first time since and going, holy smokes, that's that's powerful, right? Uh, yeah. the, same, the same was true when Bucky faded away. Again, you know, I had seen some of those Captain America movies years ago, years ago, and I had not seen them since. And, you know, so I, I had somewhat forgotten how important the relationship was between Bucky and Steve Rogers and Captain America. Um, but rewatching everything, you know, to do this for this 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 podcast, re-cemented how powerful of a relationship they had and how powerful that was. So when he when he gets dusted away and goes, Steve, it, it just it, it broke my heart. It broke my heart, man. <laughs> it's the, the uh, we've talked about the ending of this movie, but I mean that the rest of the movie has some really great moments. It's funny. You've got, I mean, kind of the ending heroics of they're doing this battle at Wakanda, and then Thor comes down and kind of shifts the tide, and it seems like they're winning. And and so you're really into it, but it's it's that last like two minutes that just it's so well done and hits you so hard that it, you almost, when I rewatched this movie, I, I almost like forgot some of the parts. I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, that part is in that movie. Like, Oh, this, this is fun. <laughs> and, yeah, I agree. Uh, um, well, like the, 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 when the guardians of the galaxy and, uh, Iron Man, Strange, and Spider-Man first meet where it's, you know, where is Gamora? I'll do you one better. Who is Gamora? And Drax says, I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Well, that Drax is, is, has that line, and, and then he's like, you know, do it, Quill. I can take it. And Man is like, he can't take it. <laughs> or, or when Rocket uh, has Bucky, that's a nice gun. That's a nice arm. How much for the arm? And the arm's not for sale. I'm going to get that arm. Like, just, yeah. you're right. There are some, again, this is what I was talking about. Each of the characters has, has their own moment to shine with their own personality. You know, you talk about that scene in Wakanda. And, you know, earlier you were mentioning Lord of the Rings with Andy Serkis and Gollum. Um, I remember back in 2002 or whenever that was, 2003, when, um, the two towers uh, came out. The the middle movie of the Lord of the Rings, and there was the the epic battle scene that takes yes. place. 
And I remember how big of a deal it was uh, on how realistic they made that look based on the computer graphics. And I, mean, I think he won some awards for that and everything. The, what we saw in Wakanda would not be possible without some of that stuff we saw 20 years ago and the, the technologies. Because that Wakanda battle scene, I would argue, is just as epic. The way those um, those monsters, those aliens, uh, are literally killing themselves coming through the barrier and to watch Okai's uh, uh, response saying they're literally killing themselves. And then when they turn the barrier off and they start to filter in uh, through that one little portion and just, you know, I was, you know, we talked about Chadwick Boseman on our, our Black Panther episode uh, um, uh, a couple weeks back and, and we recorded the special segment, which you at this point have heard. I loved watching him be the first one to lead everybody into battle. That's what a true king is. Yeah, that's not something that I realized until you said that. Yeah, that's that's interesting and really cool. It really is. You know, I know we're over the 23 minute mark, but this is one of those movies where I think it's okay to be that. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I just, I... I let me do this. Are there any parts of the movie to you that were not right, that felt off? This is a real nitpick. Um, but the Black Order, like uh, Thanos' minions, I don't quite connect with. Um, and, and it's just because every other character is so well-developed, and they're not. They're just like, oh, hey, look, uh, Thanos has these like goons that he's going to send and do his work. It's like, oh, oh okay, cool. Yeah, they did kind of come out of nowhere. I will agree with you. Like, it was like, well, where'd they, where did they, like, because they're not referenced anywhere else other than at the start of this movie. So I, I yeah. would agree with you on that one. Um, but I, but I will say, that, what's that? I, I didn't think they were bad. I just, they, they were just out of left field. Yeah, I do like the the woman the woman character though. At that point, when they're in Wakanda and um, Max uh, Maximoff, I think it's Wanda. She's she's separated, and um, <laughs> I think it's Wanda. Maybe it's Black Widow. I think no, is it Black Widow? No, it's Wanda. And and she goes, "You're gonna die alone." And then uh, I think Black Widow sneaks up and goes, "She's not alone." And boom, it's like. They, they 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 attack her and I think they doesn't she like throw like the the swirling thing the big giant machine on top of her and cut her up or something I can't yeah no that. you're talking you, you have it's Black Widow and a Koye it's a Koye okay. that says she's not alone that's it thank you okay thank you and then I think Maximoff comes over and helps out later I maybe I'm conflating that one with the one that happens in Endgame too because there's there's two different really epic like girl power scenes and that's one of them and the other ones in Endgame where all the female characters come together which is just awesome but we'll get to that anything else on your end any other epic moments that you loved and the entire movie is wonderful and the ending just is the exclamation point on a wonderful movie what about you I think we've touched on them all I, I love I, I do love the the cameos, the the appearances of just about every major character that you can think of in the entire series, up to Nick Fury and Maria Hill at the end. I think you know calling calling uh, Captain America or Captain Marvel with the pager that was given to him literally twenty movies ago or nineteen movies ago. I mean that's that that's basically that's what watching this in chronological order does is it puts it into perspective, timelines and all that stuff, which I absolutely loved. So I think. Overall, I mean, this is an amazing first part of an epic conclusion. Like to the point, and this is this, I know this is going to sound bad, but to the point that I'm almost kind of annoyed that I have to watch Ant Man and Wasp in between. 
<laughs> like I really am. Like, I, I am not looking forward to reviewing Ant-Man and Wasp tomorrow. I'm not like, I know that sounds bad. I didn't like Ant-Man and Wasp. I thought it was kind of boring to be honest with you, but I think it was that mindset that I was in of this wasn't what I wanted from Marvel right now. Now I'm hoping going back to it. Now that I know what happens in in game, I can enjoy it for what it is. Cause I haven't watched it since. Ooh, I'll um, be interested to do that. Yeah, I'll be interested to see kind of where my mindset's at. I might come in tomorrow and go, holy smokes, this thing's great. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to say this, but I'm not putting my money on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but all right. Well, um, this, we're, it's closing time, my friend. I think it's time to close out the show. If you want to get a hold of us, folks, you can do so by finding us on Facebook at the Beers and Ears podcast. You can email us at beersandears1928 at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at beersears1928. Uh, so tomorrow, Ant-Man and Wasp. Uh, the next day, we have got um, Endgame. The day after that, we have got Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, we're almost there, Matt. Can you believe it? Three more days. Holy cow. And and I, I'm sorry to keep going on this. Um, I know we're, we're, we're short on time here, but... This has been a ton of fun. I hope you all are having as much fun as we are um, because th- this has really been a ton of fun to record. This has been kind of an epic adventure for us because we've been recording these episodes weekly since April, Matt, I want to say. It's been a long time. <laughs> I mean, it really has. Like, we've watched these episodes weekly, even though you've been experiencing them daily. For us, this is like the epic conclusion of something we started. I remember when we had the when you had the idea, and I said, "Well, we've got quarantine. Why don't we just take advantage of it and record an extra episode every week when we record?" And that's what we've been doing. And so, yeah, it's just it's really fun to know that this is you know we're only three episodes left, and boom, we're done. So, again, I really hope you've enjoyed it. Um, we're looking forward to it, and uh, yeah, let's uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow night. Have a great one. See you tomorrow. There was no other way.